Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you like. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. So uh, good evening, Meg. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. All right. So had some uh, technical difficulties there at the beginning of the show. Of course, uh, we are here to take your calls about anything. Last night, talked about the DEA. Oh, they're always a wonderful group. Yeah, well, uh, thankfully, we really haven't had much to say about them in recent times. Um, It's not to say they aren't out doing their evil work of uh, stopping people from putting things in their bodies that they've chosen to. Uh, Or just killing people for the fun of it. (laughs) Right. And shutting down people's uh, businesses like out in California with medical marijuana. So they're still busy uh, doing their thing. And there's, I guess, a newer administrator of the the DEA. And so we we talked about what it was that she had to say about these uh, drug cartels and weapons there's this big uh, scandal in the ATF where, uh, I guess, the thousands of guns that the ATF was aware of being purchased. They they knew that that these these guns were essentially being destined for the drug cartels, where mm-hmm. they would be used likely in in violence and in killings. And they could have stepped in and stopped it. That's what they're supposed to have done, but they didn't. And so they've been caught essentially red-handed doing this, and that's. You know that's that's a big deal, and then at one point you've got the DEA uh, head of the DEA stepping in and saying something like, and I have the quote in front of me right now, but essentially saying that the fact that there are nearly a thousand people, excuse me, a thousand children yeah. that have died in the last four years uh, shows it, that it's working or right. something. It was just it's a sign it. of success. Oh, that was so like if these people think that that's success, I you know what's ultimate success to them like just the death of everybody in America, then there's no drug use, you know, so yeah, that's just, a winning way to look at it, but it's just so crazy, and just to to even have a position like that really <laughs> reveals who this lady is, yeah, and the fact that I haven't heard more outrage at that comment. Is ludicrous yeah. to me. That just shows how far people have, you know, drank the Kool Aid into right. believing that drugs are so bad that people who use them deserve to be dead, and their children deserve to be dead. So here's the latest on this Michelle Leonhart. This story is from Jacob Sullum over at Reason.com and their blog. At her Senate confirmation hearing yesterday, okay, so she's brand brand new. Uh, Michelle Leonhart. Uh, let's see. Uh, the started acting, off on a good note, I guess. The acting DEA administrator said marijuana legalization would be disastrous socially, and even talking about it is irresponsible, since criticizing prohibition only encourages drug use. Okay. Right, <laughs> so you, according to this woman, cannot even talk about Decrim? legalizing or decriminalizing yeah. marijuana. Yeah, and I get that approach a lot from people. Like, if you say you shouldn't be killing people over it or you shouldn't be putting people in cages over it, they instantly think you just want to give it to (laughs) two-year-olds. You know, it's like, I just want to ransack a bus and shoot all the kids up with heroin or something. It's it's not that, you know, cut and dry. So according to the story here, uh, Leonhardt presumably was referring to recent increases in drug use measured by the federal government's National Survey on Drug Use and Health. 
share of Americans. Does that mean that if the if Americans' drug use is going up, does that mean they're winning? Because um, well, they're winning, right? If they're, they're winning the drug war, clearly there must yeah. be more evidence out there than the, a pile of children's bodies. Well, that just means more dead people in the end, I guess, for them, which is a sign of winning. Uh, I don't yes. know. It's, that's the only so metric. Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so the share of Americans 12 and older reporting past use of illegal drugs, which overwhelmingly was marijuana, in the survey was 15.1% last year. That's barely more than the 14.9% rate found when the survey began in 2002, but is nine-tenths of a percentage point more than the 2008 number, according to Leonhardt. I mean, we're talking about not a very huge uh, <laughs> jump here, but according to Leonhardt, all the talk about legalizing pot provoked by California's Proposition 19, which qualified for the ballot in March of 2010, was defeated a couple weeks ago. Somehow drove up marijuana use in 2009. Forget about whether that's plausible. It's not even logically possible. Even if it were true, so what? There's nothing inherently problematic about an increase in marijuana use. From an economic perspective, it indicates greater consumer satisfaction. And Leonhardt offered no evidence of externalities big enough to outweigh that benefit. Roggs notes that her claims of disaster from softer drug policies are belied by the experiences of countries that have adopted them. We've talked about how in Portugal... Yeah, they did basically decriminalization of everything. That's right. Uh, small amounts. I don't. I don't know what the. I don't recall what the limits are. Yeah, it's, but it's some. Well, plus it's measured amounts. in European values. Yeah. So I couldn't even equate that. The metric system. Yeah. Uh, but personal uh, possession is completely legal yeah. in Portugal. Well, I think um, for it's certain decrim. things, yeah, it's it's considered like uh, it'd be the equivalent of a parking ticket or something. It's like administrative. Mm-hmm. As opposed to criminal. But it's a big change. They've, they've yes. made a huge change in the the so-called war on drugs. And I think somebody was mentioning it. I don't know if it was on air or off the air that they it's been, I guess, that way in Portugal for a decade now. Yeah. And yeah, there was a great study done. Um, I believe it came out from Cato. And they actually showed that like usage rates went down. Um, HIV and AIDS went dramatically down, which was very surprising and impressive. And... Like, there's hardly any drug tourism, which was the big scare. And, you know, it's just generally been better for the population. Crimin- uh, crim- like, all crime, basically, connected to drugs has gone way, way down. And so it's just, it's been amazing for that country. Declaring himself a big fan of the DEA, Senator Jeff Sessions from Alabama dared Leon Harta take a brave stand by agreeing that repealing drug prohibition, her agency's raison d'etre, would be a big mistake. I hope I pronounced that right. (laughs) Yes, I've said that, Senator, she boldly replied. You're absolutely correct about the social costs from drug use, especially from marijuana. She also promised that she will continue to enforce the federal drug laws in states that allow the medicinal use of marijuana, despite President Obama's promise to call off the DEA's medical marijuana raids and his attorney general's official policy of restraint in this area. Because she says, I have seen what marijuana use has done to young people. (laughs) Yeah, what does that mean? It means she saw her kid do it and so she got him off scot-free, but... Doesn't want to. I don't know. Yeah, I really would like to know what that means. Yeah. What what marijuana use has done to young people? Uh, the idea that the marijuana smoke is the tool of Satan. Yeah, it's like her 
you know, the president that she probably worships has used it. He's admitted mm-hmm. to using it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks like it made one of them the president. Yeah. Uh, it's just so crazy. The, the, the idea that the, the, the marijuana is inherently bad. I mean, we're talking about ideas that are literally, you know, 100 years old. Yeah. Well, older than that by far. But just the same kind of hysterics surrounding marijuana. Yeah, at least, well, back in the olden days, they were pretty more obvious about just bigotry and stuff like that as their reasons why. Sure, and of course, back in the olden days, it was a little easier to be a bigot because you could use the excuse that you didn't know any better. Yeah. Like you'd heard wrong. <laughs> How can this woman say she doesn't know any better? <laughs> more coming up. You can take control. This is... Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Live, and you can take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there for free. So enjoy those on us. The Porcupine Freedom Festival, by the way, is coming up soon over at porkfest.com. You can learn more. Go to porcfest.com. And you'll understand what this is about. At least you get some sort of grasp of what it's all about. You can't really understand what Porkfest is like until you actually go. Oh, I'm sorry, Meg. We've got some technical difficulties here. Let's try that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, watching videos and looking at pictures, reading stories about it, it's nothing compared to the actual experience. So just come out and experience it. Porkfest is awesome. And it's totally worth uh, the effort if you like the idea of being around... Hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people. It's camping, but camping with a bunch of freedom freaks, uh, basically. Just amazing folks that are willing to actually do something about achieving liberty in our lifetime. Something more than just bitching and moaning uh, about it. They're getting together here in New Hampshire, or they're planning on it. Because Porkfest attracts people that are already here, like us. We've made the move for the Free State Project and it attracts people primarily who are considering moving to New mm-hmm. Hampshire. This is a great opportunity for people that are elsewhere to come to New Hampshire to tour around the state because there are different tours that are being done throughout the week during Pork Fest. And most importantly, get to know their future neighbors, people mm-hmm. that they're going to build relationships with. If you're going to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, these are going to be your new friends and family, yeah. uh, basically. And so the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a great chance to come up and experience what the community of liberty activists is really about. So go to porkfest.com to get registered. You can save 20% by using our discount code, which is Free Talk Live. Just run our uh, show title together without any spaces and use that as your discount code. Again, porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. In fact, you just made, a, I guess, a promo for the Porcupine yeah, Freedom Festival. Um, well, there was a recent Stossel interview with a few people from 
um, Free State Project, and they just discussed the whole project. And so I went through and I put new titles on it with all sorts of, uh, you know, websites and whatnot for people to visit and a few commercials in there. So those are out there. You guys can feel free to use those wherever because, you know, I'm all about open source when it comes to that stuff. Just I saw, uh, I guess there was one that didn't have Stossel in it. I don't think it was just. No, like, it's just a 30 second commercial, like but a, a yeah, I, commercial. I stuck that one in there too. So you, you can actually see that 30 second one over at freekeen.com. I thought you did a great job and, and you. You, you are available for video work. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm, I'm starting to like, if people want anything done for actual pork fest by that time, you're going to have to get it in fast because I'm getting really overbooked at this point, but mm. I, I'm getting as much done as I can because it's a lot of fun and I love doing it. So if you want to get in touch with uh, Meg, you know, you need some graphic design work mm-hmm. or, or video um, work, you can do that by going to libertyflare.com. That's her website, yep. libertyflare.com. By the way, I want to welcome our brand newest affiliate, uh, AM 1400 WZNG, The Zinger, is on board with us. And they started things up last night. Everything is looking good. So uh, welcome aboard to everybody listening in Shelbyville, uh, Tennessee, to WZNG. They're going to be on board for every single weeknight live uh, wow. every night, which is great. So, yeah. uh, again, it's going to be a different show. You've probably already figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Rush Limbaugh isn't going to open his program by talking about full-on drug legalization, <laughs> even though he'd probably like it. You know, like he, t- he takes the, uh, the pills. Oh, he yeah, he's pills. a pill pop. But yeah. I'm sure he's anti anything that's not made by a doctor or something. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. He's very, very sorry, too, for what he's done. Right. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, so 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves. So we're talking about this DEA agent, Michelle Leonhardt. She is brand new. Uh, well, apparently, according to the other article we read last night, she's actually a Bush appointee. So I think she was appointed to some other role in the government mm-hmm. and has now been, I guess, advanced as the acting DEA administrator. Uh, So she's taken over here. And she has said that uh, marijuana use has done things to young people. She's seen it. (laughs) She's seen what marijuana use has done. They grew third arms out of their front or something. I'd really, yeah, I'd really like to know exactly what that means. (laughs) What is it that she is suggesting? Because if marijuana use does something to young people, then does it do it consistently? Yeah. Is it does it do it to all young people? Is it that if you are a young person or just a person, will marijuana use have a specific effect that she is thinking about? You know, I think a good test for her is to have a peop like a row of people line up and have one of them be really really stoned and see if she can pick them out. <laughs> Cuz uh, you know, hand on heart, I probably couldn't do it because some people just naturally look yeah. kind of screwed up and other people can really hold their pot so absolutely it's hard to tell well yeah put somebody who's uh really tipsy up there too while while oh yeah really drunk really drunk yeah and then ask which one's the most dangerous any cop that is honest with you will tell you they know that marijuana isn't dangerous they know it it's just an easy way to make money well for the government yeah absolutely i mean for the drug dealers too it's a it's also an easy way to make money which is those are two big reasons why it's not being legalized and decriminalized mm-hmm. is because, well, the drug cartels would lose billions of dollars mm-hmm. and the government would lose billions of dollars. Of course, one would point out that they could legalize it and tax it, which would mean that they'd probably make rake in a lot more yeah, money. Yeah, it's than like the currently. number one cash crop in America. But I, I can't 
I cannot support that. Like, no, I, I can't either. I could see myself reluctantly supporting it. Like if it was the only thing that was on the table from a political point of view. I can see it as a step one. Uh, it's like it's too many steps. That's the yeah, problem true. with legalization. When you legalize something, you're taking it out of the realm of prohibition, which is where it is now. And you're putting it in the in the realm of dr- government control. Yeah. Whereas decriminalization just simply takes something out of the realm of prohibition. So decriminalization is one step. Decriminalization is like the step back to normalcy. Yes. And then to legalize is taking a step beyond normalcy to say, well, now that the this has been controlled by various criminal gangs across the country, we now want the go- the government criminal gang to control yeah. it. And so you're essentially taking and putting it into the the uh, the criminal hands of the government. Which, eh, on one hand, it's going to be a more persuasive proposal for politicians yeah. who are constantly looking for funding for their government apparatus. But on the other hand, it is also empowering the state. Yeah. It's giving them more control over. For marijuana than they've than they've ever had, which that's not very cool. And if you if you pay attention to what has happened in certain experiments with uh, various degrees of legalization, you look at Canada. If I'm recalling correctly, and I don't know what the situation is there right now, so they may have fixed this mm-hmm. somehow by opening it up more to the marketplace. But there was one point at which the medical marijuana thing was moving forward in Canada, and they actually came up with a state distribution. Mm-hmm. of marijuana so if you want if you want to get your pot you can just get it from the state free <laughs> health care uh well turns out the state's pot sucked <laughs> like they couldn't even grow good pot and this is a weed man yeah. uh, you just sh- throw the seeds out there and it grows <laughs> uh they apparently grew like the Government worst can't do weed. anything right i tell you they? it's true <laughs> they drew they just grew the crappiest weed and so i hope that things have gotten better in canada since then and Anyway, you can take control of the airwaves here, 800-259-9231, especially if you support this DEA administrator, and you, you could tell us what it is that marijuana has done to young people. Yeah, spell it out for me. 800-259-9231. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of these airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That is if you can dial your phone after smoking that marijuana cigarette. Oh, drat. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, you might just pick it up and throw it out the window or something like that because you're just too stupid on weed. <laughs> According to Michelle Leonhardt, uh, just marijuana is the, the evil drug and it's terrible and it has ruined young people's lives. And I just love how drugs get the responsibility that, that marijuana gets the blame that yeah. we can come back here in a moment and, and talk about that. And, uh, Mark, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, isn't here tonight. He's off doing his fireman thing, which is why I keep turning his mic on instead of yours. For oh, some okay. Reason. So we'll have to move here across move. the studio. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll help. Um, so you can see, by the way, what's going on in here by going to cam.freetalklive.com, where you'll have access to not only our webcam, 
which is free, but also the chat room, which is built into the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch and listen and chat. All free. Cam.freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by Memory Dealers. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. That's MemoryDealers.com. They're in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Again, the number here, 800-259-9231. But I love how these drug warriors will give credit to the drug itself. Yeah. It, it, It is marijuana. The consciousness that is marijuana the deciding this thing that takes over other people's minds and uh, prevents them from choosing good things for their lives. Yeah, why not blame it on what it actually is? It's these people who are just doing something that they want to do to themselves who get, you know, arrested and they have to pay fines and they have to go to jail and they have to have these horrible like stipulations put on their life for the rest of their life i mean that's what ruins people's lives by using drugs it isn't the drug itself it's the government's intervention in that drug no that's true i think for to a large extent what you say is true that doesn't mean that there aren't people who have a problem oh, there are. And, as, and those people are going to go away. Like if the government's regulatory scheme or if the uh, prohibition of tomorrow morning we woke up and prohibition was over mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know big manufacturers are drug manufacturers or like you know, just like aspirin manufacturing cocaine or whatever no doubt there are still going to be people who have addictive problems and personal yeah. tragedies when it comes to the drugs out there but it, they won't be magnified by the state mm-hmm. and th- that those tragedies on their own are bad enough you've got situations where kids aren't being taken care of by a crackhead set of parents, mm-hmm. meth heads, etc. You've got dangerous living situations that come out, come about as, as a result of that. Uh, in, in some cases, a, abuse uh, between couples yeah. and stealing and, and stuff like that. Of course, a lot of the stealing happens because of prohibition as yeah. well. But that's not to say that there won't be issues with addiction. Certainly, there will be. But, but also, those people won't be afraid to go for help. In many cases, because like suddenly it's not as taboo. They won't be afraid to like search out help for their family or for themselves. You know, true. There are a lot of people who are afraid of going to jail. Yeah, it's just it's scary. And it it is scary for them. And especially if you're on drugs, which may make you a little more paranoid than normal. Uh, So even if they're even if you aren't going to go right to jail by going to the hospital for meth or or cocaine or something like that, there's the possibility you might. And that possibility is enough to dissuade people from actually going in and seeking well, that help. Plus, I think the more horrible ones like meth won't be as used as much under decrim because, I mean, that's basically a synthetic that's only made because it's so hard to get a hold of the other drugs. And I think that one's speculative. It's probably yeah. true, though, because if you look at Portugal and you look at other places mm-hmm. where they have legalized or decriminalized drugs, the usage rates do go down. Yeah. So, I mean, just across the board, even with marijuana, like, yeah. even of the light stuff like that, uh, usage rates go down because it no longer has the forbidden fruit aspect mm-hmm. to it. It's well, no that, longer as sexy. And it's like, I'm from Portland. We have a horrible, horrible meth problem in that city. And 
I've noticed like there's a lot of just within the free market or black market or whatever you want to call it. You know, there's low quantities of those more higher and, you know, cocaine, crack, stuff like that in that area. So meth sort of made a big push because it's very rare that that area gets any of the others. So, and it worked out, huh? Yeah, it worked out well, and people sort of made camp there with it. Toll-free number here tonight for you, 800-259-9231. So if you agree with Michelle Leonhardt, I'd love to hear from you. What is it that <laughs> marijuana has done to young people? I mean, besides mellowed some of them out, maybe uh, stopped a few of them from going to war. Uh, <laughs> the, the idea that it's even a gateway drug. The U.S. government's own study, the Institute of Medicine study, I believe it was 1999 or 2000, where they, they commissioned their own agency to do this study on whether or not marijuana was, in fact, a gateway drug. And <laughs> oops. Nope. Well, their own study came back and said, nah, nope, this is just not the case. If it's a gateway drug, it's a gateway drug because it's illegal. Yeah. If if it's a gateway drug, it's because it's being sold on the street, typically in tandem by drug dealers who also have other products, which they would like to ply young people with, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, look, okay, yeah, marijuana. Uh, if you're if you're psychologically addictive, then it may be addictive for you. But oh, for gosh, most people, no. it's not addictive at all. But if you, you know, get somebody hooked on cocaine, maybe that's going to be a little more addictive for yeah, them. Yeah. But saying marijuana is a gateway drug is like saying that glass of wine your parents gave you at your cousin's wedding is a gateway drug you know right the, the glass of wine is the reason you became an alcoholic yeah that's that's ridiculous so your thoughts are welcome let's go to john listening in iowa john you're on free talk live with ian and meg john in iowa so am i on here you are on go ahead sir okay uh yeah you know uh i've smoked marijuana for quite a few years and uh i started out young and it can make you quite creative, actually. Mm. Oh, yeah. But what I'm more concerned about right now is, is some of these alcohol drinks that are being put out on the market, these 12 and 13% alcohol drinks that you drink two cans and you're smashed on your butt. And you're, you're concerned That's about that, you're saying? That's getting into. What's that? Well, you say you're concerned about that? What do you mean? Well, I've just seen how kids are using it. Well, I mean, yeah, kids also use Everclear, which is like 100. No, I see where you're coming from. Clearly, alcohol is much more damaging to youth as far as yeah, from a... Yeah, all these fruit drinks and all these, you know, with high you know, alcohol content in them. What's that all about? Well, from a physical perspective, alcohol is a much more serious drug. Yeah. It is a very, very hard drug, and people yeah, can... Flavored. Yeah, they you know, are... might as well put it in lollipops. Or yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, while I understand where you're coming from with the kid flavored, because I mean, it does a lot of it tastes like mangoes or squeezits from when I was a kid. But my mother likes those as well. So yeah, and and people have been mixing alcohol, hard yeah. alcohol, and spirits with uh, kid juice flavored and... things like juice for for a long yeah. time. So eh, I don't know yeah, if I, I'm as concerned about that. You know, we had three percent beer. You know, they get in trouble with. Now they have 12%? Well, uh, depending like on your state. The, I like having the triple bags or whatever yeah. because I don't have to order as many. But uh, I see where you're coming from. It's something to be concerned about. I think it's okay to be concerned for young mm-hmm. people and to show interest in, in encouraging them to you know, make responsible choices. Yeah, never at any point during a drug decriminalization advocation do I ever advocate people just straight giving drugs or alcohol to children. Yeah, but look, I mean, look at these prescription drugs they're giving them. 
Oh, yeah, those you are know, awful. Prozac, Klonopin, uh, you know, some anti-seizure drugs for other things, you know, I mean... I, I think some of them have a place, but they are overused. Have anything to do with it. There's no doubt the state uh, is in, is interested in having people doped up uh, to some extent uh, mm-hmm. because it makes them more pliable and docile. Thanks for the call tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from you. No doubt. There's there's nothing wrong with being concerned for the well-being yeah. of, of young people, of course. He wasn't going to suggest, I don't think, that any of these things be banned. No. Because that's not going to solve the problem. Clearly, that didn't work the first time. It's not going to work now. Yeah. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that is freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you would like to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You will get access to Amazon through our affiliate links there. Amazon for the U.S., Canada, Germany, and uh, the U.K. You click into the appropriate link for your country, and it'll take you to Amazon. You do your shopping like you normally would. It's the same great Amazon prices, huge selection, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, even used items as well. So you get your shopping done as you normally would. There's got to be something you want to buy in life. I mean, there's always something new. So you order it through uh, shop.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale. It's just Amazon's going to make a certain amount of money on each sale. And whether you enter through our link or not, they're going to make that money. If you enter through our link, they're going to make more of it because – or excuse me, they're going to make uh, less of it because they're going to send us a portion of the sale. So please. And you make some of that money. Exactly. Free Talk Live is going to uh, to benefit when you shop through shop.freetalklive.com. Again, shop.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're going to continue here. The DEA chief has spoken out against marijuana. She's ready to keep the crackdown coming because she's concerned. Marijuana and what it's done to young people, she says. She's seen it. (laughs) Well, what has it done to young people? I know that for me, my experience was that, and again, I don't think it was marijuana that uh, has changed my life, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I think that it was instrumental to some extent. At least the trying of marijuana and the discovering that it wasn't what they said it was specifically was kind of a turning point in my life because it was really – I think it might have been the first time when I really came to the conclusion that, oh, I've been lied to. Yeah. Yeah, You try it and you're like, this is what everybody's all upset about. Cartoons are funnier and that's about it. (laughs) So let's go to you and your thoughts at 800-259-9231 and talk to Tony, listening in Missouri. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. How you guys doing? Hey, Tony. What's on your mind tonight? I got a couple things on my mind. Uh, one happens to be uh, about marijuana, and uh, I think the government doesn't want you know its um, 
serfs to be smoking marijuana because then it makes them think, you know, outside the box. And now, now you're not looking at uh, just one light pole like on a road. You step to the side, now you see all the light poles on the road. And, you know, like you said, I, when I tried marijuana, it was like liberating in the sense that it wasn't as scary and as bad as everyone in, you know, in the school system made me believe it to be. And then I just noticed that, all right, well, if they're lying about this, you know, for whatever reason, who knows, uh, I think it has to be with, like, the male ego, you know, a whole bunch of people in power want to put through bills to say, I did this, look what I did, look mm -hmm. how I changed society. And I think that's messed up, but that's besides the point. I just think Yeah, that's that, how I uh, feel when people say they want to crack down on drugs or get tougher on drugs. I'm always like, ugh, you just want to, you know, make a name for yourself. So just exactly. say what it is. Exactly. Because they haven't, um, you know, how many people, how many politicians have tried to quote-unquote, crack down on whatever it may be, from marijuana to harder narcotics and, you know, succeeded, but yet what have they gained from it? You know, it's all nothing but, I think, their male egotistic mentality. That's a great point. I mean, clearly the individual politician gains from being able to pander to the tough-on-crime crowd in order to get reelected. Mm. Uh, but the rest of us don't gain. The rest of us are suffering as a result yeah. of a variety of uh, side effects of the violence and coercion that the government uses to engage in the war on drugs. Some suffer directly because they're drug users and they get swept up in arrests and swept into the system and then you know thrown in a cage and had hundreds of dollars extracted from them. But even if we aren't drug users... Uh, we are still abused by the system because we're forced to pay for something we may not agree with. Also, crime is made much more rampant by the fact yeah. that uh, drugs are prohibited because of the prices, the, uh, the, you know, the crazy prohibition prices that come out as a result of uh, uh, prohibition. That drives people to crime because they can't afford to buy their crack or their heroin on a McDonald's job, whereas in a, a free market, perhaps, of drugs where all these things were legal or decriminalized – Anybody could afford them. It would be like going and buying a bottle of aspirin or something like that. Like yeah. it costs nothing. Which, right, going you know. up to your local Walgreens and picking up some heroin. You know, it sounds so crazy when, when people say that. But there was a time in life when that happened. There really was a time in life when not only that happened, but you could be 10 years old and go yeah. and do that if you wanted now to. Now you can't get Sudafed without right. some craziness. Yeah, you have to be ID'd. They have that behind the counter now. Yeah. They ID right. you and put you in a system and, you know, mark you down every time you buy that. So they can keep track to make right. sure, you know, you're obeying every single thing they say. Because big criminal manufacturers of methamphetamine are totally just going out and buying <laughs> Sudafed. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, the, the, if you're a, a professional meth manufacturer, you're doing other processes besides the grab the Sudafed process. That's like the yeah. crackhead way <laughs> of, uh, exactly. of making meth. So, well, that's thanks. all I just wanted to comment Tony, on. Tony, thanks now, for the call, dude. Night. You too. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So he brings up this, I think, a good point about the politicians and what is their stake is yeah. in, in prohibition and the reasons for prohibition existing in the first place. Yeah. But I, I, I have to say I'm a little parent of like. I have a conspiracy theory, Meg. Okay. Okay. Let's so, hear it. So I'm not like a conspiracy guy. I'll this see if I can make fun of you now. Please. Or not. You, you're certainly <laughs> welcome to. But as somebody who has not just used uh, cannabis, I've also mm -hmm. used some other entheogens, which are that's kind of like the new term for uh, for psychedelic or hallucinogen. Mm -hmm. It's a much more positive uh, term, and uh, somebody who has used a handful. You know, I'm not I'm not a psychonaut or anything yeah. like that. 
uh, but I've, I've had a little bit of experience with them. And it's a very spiritual experience uh, yeah, for me. Yeah, that's what and I've I, heard. And so. I think for a lot of people it is. In fact, entheogen means, I think it roughly translates to the God inside or something mm-hmm. like that. Spiritual something. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's a real kind of, uh, I think it can be an eye-opener for, for some people. And like, for instance, the first time I did ecstasy, um, and I never looked at nature the same after that. Mm-hmm. I was much more interested in the beauty yeah. that uh, that surrounds us and much more appreciative of that and you know c- could it be said that the drug did that to me okay yeah maybe maybe some of these drugs can do things to people that are in my opinion can be very positive oh yeah and like i've been well just kind of studying some psychological stuff to try and figure out you know what's wrong with me personally cuz everybody has their own little quirks and whatnot but um like I see things very I'm very open to experience and very open to ideas. I'm a really creative person, but I'm also very eccentric and have a hard time fitting in. And I guess there's been studies done that these drugs sort of awaken those parts of the brain that the more creative and eccentric people already use. Look at the the history of musicians and artists yeah. and and you know people that are well respected now that they're dead. Yeah. People that are well respected used openly was acknowledged that they'd used drugs. I mean, the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Think of any great artist. Artists. They're probably. Salvador Dali. Yeah. Probably a drug user. So, the rest of my conspiracy theory. Okay. So, you've got this kind of spiritual factor to some mm-hmm. of these drugs. I'm not talking about meth and, and that yeah. stuff. I, those are not entheogens. Those um, are just keep you awake yeah, for like stimulants. a week. <laughs> and so some of these drugs, you've got uh, a real experience uh, that, that people have, and it can be life-changing. Yeah. And if you think about it from the interests of the state, that is very bad. Yeah. You don't want people coming to the conclusion that we're all human beings. You don't want people coming to the conclusion that everybody is inherently connected with mm-hmm. one another. That if you kill somebody else, you're actually killing a small part of yourself. Yeah. You don't want people to come to these kind of spiritual conclusions if you are the state because the state has an interest in keeping people separate. The state has an interest in in getting people to believe that one group should control another group or that one group is better than another group. For instance, we're Americans. We're better. They're 10 times better than the rest of the world. You know, this is a mentality that the state is very interested in propagating. It wants you to be afraid. It wants you to be afraid of other people. Mm-hmm. It wants you to hate and to fear. And if, if these drugs could wipe that away, like, you know, if everybody ever seen the video of the, the British troops taking LSD, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an incredible video. I yeah. mean, they go out and they climb trees instead of like, going out and doing their military operations. They're feeding the birds and like trying to do all this nature, na- nature stuff. I mean, war would be over yeah. in those cases. And the state loves war. The state, the health of the state is war. And if, yeah. if people could have their minds opened to some of the ideas that are possible, I think, or, or easily come to folks when they're on these uh, entheogenic drugs, mm-hmm. that could be a, a, a you know a death blow to the state. Well, if I can expand it just a little, maybe just experience at all. Like if you have an experience from a drug that the state has deemed you know illegal, the fact that you had a good experience from something that they have banned automatically makes you question their legitimacy. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want, and if you want, you can share why you think drugs are illegal. It's it's open to speculation. There yeah. are probably different reasons come together for it. Our two- it's the shirt you wear most, an essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt, and for over half a century... 
The Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more, but we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional street collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. All right, so 1-800-259-9231. Of course, you can take control here. The first hour of the show, we were talking about the DEA's Michelle Leonhardt and some of the just the dumb stuff uh, that she's been saying <laughs> since she got into uh, political office there. She is apparently a Bush appointee, but just you know, proving that he is essentially George Bush the third. Uh, Barack Obama has given this woman a promotion, yeah, um, and now she's the, the administrative head of the DEA, saying that she has seen what marijuana has, uh, what marijuana use has done to young people. And for me, it was marijuana that was really critical in my formation as somebody who was a liberty-minded individual. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say that it wouldn't have happened anyway had marijuana not been prohibited, that uh, I wouldn't have found the ideas of freedom, but it is what it is. My life is what it is, and there's no taking it back. And it was my first kind of clue into the idea that I'd been lied to by the state. And it it did make me, like our our caller last hour had suggested, made me wonder, what else are they lying about? Yeah, for me, it was sort of the whole Dr. Kevorkian ordeal. But, I mean, marijuana was definitely just one more step within that process. So, want to hear your thoughts? You can, of course, bring up anything you want. There's uh, much more to discuss here tonight, uh, including, I believe, the TSA. We might be able to touch on them. Which oh, they're my pro- favorite. Yeah, that's a, a, a group near and dear to your heart, Meg. Uh, so, of course, uh, you can, of course, bring up anything you want. Let's first start things out with Matt in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Matt. Good evening, Ian and Meg. Hey, Matt. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um... I want to discuss theism, but before I get into that, I wanted to say something real quick. Last night you had a bunch of people um, uh, calling up talking about the fair tax, and I, I just want to say it's the only fair tax is no tax. Yeah, no doubt. Zero is fair to me. <laughs> right. That's that's the fairest. That's the fair tax. It just goes to um, show you on the fair tax point, it just goes to show how Orwellian the language has become and that, that there are people out there that would like normally consider themselves small government people likely that are pushing this fair tax thing that I'm sorry, there's not even a proposal that suggests that the fair tax is going to make anything smaller in the government. It's, just, it's actually supposed to fund them better. That's like the slutty virgin. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, from t- from time to time on the show, you, you get some um, discussion about um, atheists. He had a, a, a bunch of people calling about atheism the other day, and, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to discuss a, a couple of, uh, of what I consider uh, misconceptions. Now, I, I wouldn't consider myself an atheist. All right. But when I read the definition of atheism, um, maybe I am, because it says... That that atheists, you know, don't believe in in God or gods, um, and and I don't know that I do believe in God or gods as such. I, I do know that I don't believe in the Christian version of God or the Jewish version of God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whether or not he exists, I don't believe that. Even if he does exist and existed as an entity at one point in time and was talking to people. I don't believe he he is what he presented himself to be, um, but I think that people get this conception then that an atheist would be somebody who was who had no spirituality, who didn't believe in any kind of afterlife, or didn't believe in any kind of spiritual. Uh, uh, existence. I think that's a common. And, and that's just not true. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's fairly common as far as at least my understanding of what an atheist purports himself to be. I'm not saying that there is. It's impossible that there would be a spiritual atheist out there. Um, I People just, can call themselves whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like the typical atheist view. It seems like the typical atheist view, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I mean, I was an atheist, so this is like me projecting, I think, to some extent uh, from my atheist past. But it seems like the typical atheist view is that there is nothing beyond this, yeah. that uh, this is reality, and it's brutal, and it's harsh, and so there you go. There's nothing spiritual about it. Spirituality would belie some sort of belief in something superior to oneself and yeah. so therefore it doesn't really have that atheistic flavor to it something more metaphysical than yeah. reality yeah and, and that could very well be but it, it certainly doesn't fit into the definition the, the dictionary definition that they have um i think that they're, they're that kind of a of a, a philosophy should have its own its its own uh, definition, I, and I, I think there's a there's a problem with the language, in that um, you know you can you can have this kind of problem with uh, with um, uh, um, defining what what you are in terms of your. No, there's no doubt about it. Words words are lacking in in many ways. I've actually recently come to the conclusion that uh, I can't get into debates nor can i label myself with anything be it my religious or political views because a there's always going to be somebody who really wants to fight me on it mm. even if we totally agree on everything under the sun they'll really want to fight me on my language because they're just language nazis <laughs> and everybody's going to define something differently and there's no reason to have all these huge debates over whether you're an anarchist or a minarchist or an atheist or an agnostic like who cares I'm sorry. I'm just done with definitions at this point. Yeah. I, well, I think I think definitions are important. I want to make sure that if I'm going to use a word, that I'm using the right word. Yeah. I'm just but, not going to use them about me anymore. But I, I but I understand what Matt's saying, and that sometimes the words themselves, even as well defined as they may be, just come short of defining yep. what it is the concept is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the language is very. 
it leaves some something to be desired. And uh, anytime there can be debate, there will be debate, especially within this crowd, because people love debating. Well, if we're talking about the definition, let's uh, here's one of them. I'm sure it's slightly different in many dictionaries, but dictionary.com's top definition of atheist is a person who denies or disbelieves the existence of a supreme being or beings. If you want to take that definition there apart, there are all kinds of problems with it. Mm-hmm. You know, on its on its face, if we're just talking about the typical Christian kind of daddy god, yeah, okay, I deny that that, that god exists. Mm-hmm. But if by the term supreme being, we're talking about the entirety of Inter, the entirety of the interconnected universe, then no, I can't deny that that exists. I mean, it's clear. It uh, seems pretty clear that that exists to me, and I think that you know the universe is supreme, if you will. But it doesn't have a it doesn't have a consciousness that is punishing people like the daddy god kind of situation. Yeah, and there's no like afterlife of hell with fire and brimstone. So does that make heaven. me an atheist for thinking that way? I, I, I don't know if that fits into that that, that description. Yeah, and. On my Mac, it just says the theory or belief that God does not exist. What God? Yeah. What do you mean by God in that case? Yeah, because, I mean, God for some people just means the energy that's flowing through every little, like, living or dead thing. Absolutely. And, okay, also the word supreme in front of being doesn't say omnipotent or anything like that. It just says supreme. So we're the supreme being of the cockroach. Well, some could argue cockroaches have have one up on us in certain (laughs) ways. But we're clearly... You know, as humans, we're clearly the supreme, the dominant being on this planet. Who knows? Maybe they'll take over in ten years. <laughs> but the, but that could change. Well, yeah. that, right, that could change. Cockroaches could mutate. They could become the supreme overlord, or you know, a- aliens could come down from the sky, and then they would possibly be supreme over. A little people. more supreme. <laughs> Does that mean that uh, you know the atheist would be somebody who at that point denied their existence as well? I mean, uh, would they be gods in that case if they are simply more? <laughs> capable in reality than we are so the the definition leaves a lot to be desired yeah it's just so lacking and so that obscurity it it results in fighting mm-hmm. and so one of the things that really got me thinking about about this was um the debate that uh johnson had with um stefan molyneux on your show last year during uh pork fest mm-hmm. When they when they uh, were arguing about agnosticism versus um, atheism, and so at that point you kind of had to define what those words meant. Well, yeah. If, I mean, if we can I come think, into an agreement uh-huh. on what the definition is, then that's good. The, the problem is coming to that agreement. And yeah. thanks, Matt, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, you know, by one interpretation of the definition, I might be considered an atheist, but I'm not an atheist because I don't. I mean, I do believe that there is something greater, a greater yeah. purpose and things like that. More coming up. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your super tuck at crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring us anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 
Enjoy the features there for free. We've got lots of stuff, including listening options. Broadband and dial-up versions of the show are there for you. Around the clock, you can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live totally free on our streams. Plus, our great radio stations from coast to coast. We've got 95 uh, stations. Actually, one so brand new, I haven't even had the time to add it to the list. Uh, WZNG joining us tonight in Shelbyville, Tennessee. So you can get our full list of radio stations there at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, details on how to listen via satellite, uh, via XM as well as our free-to-air satellite channel, webcam, and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. So plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. Now, have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs or defendants and costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. And it's so easy, an average eighth grader can go through the four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. In fact, uh, we've talked a lot. Uh, Meg, actually, you're the person who did the design work for the Don't Take the Plea Deal flyer. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that flyer. People can actually download that over at tools.freekeen.com. And I I made one that was more generic for just... Like National. across the country, so yeah. be sure Maybe, and get that one. <laughs> I wonder if it would work for other countries. Maybe like more Western uh, countries uh, as well. Yeah, it, it may very well because a lot of the Western court systems are, are kind of similar. But the idea is to encourage people who are being victimized by the state. You were talking about prohibition earlier, yep. where people are just rounded up and thrown into cages and arrested and fined hundreds of dollars because of uh, you know, having a plant or a chemical or and something. And then like saying that. that that chemical or plant. Did that to them. Yeah, and, and having the folks that are gone after, whether it's a speeding ticket or whatever, whatever the non-crime is, as is described in the flyer, having them not take the plea deal, which of course means you are going to likely end up going to trial, mm-hmm. but not always. I mean, jurisdictionary can come in handy if you're going to trial, but sometimes simply by not taking the plea deal and calling them on their bluff can result in everything being dropped. I went out this morning, one of the local activists, uh, AB, was... Mm-hmm. I guess, being attacked by the state over some kind of an inspection sticker violation. Oh, yeah. And so they, I guess he had said, look, I'm taking this to trial. Mm-hmm. And this morning he showed up bright and early. It was 830 at the uh, the courthouse. And and I was there. I had my video camera ready. I put in a notice that I was going to record the uh, the trial, the mm-hmm. hearing. And before I was even able to get into the courtroom, they dropped the charges. Yep. Just like that. Yeah, I'm going to, well, I have my pre-trial next week. And, you know, even though I was... I did no low, so they found me guilty, and my, you know, I guess sentence was completely suspended for two years. I'm still going to trial. I don't care that I have, you know, n- nothing on me right now. I just want my chance to speak, and, you know, they might drop it if it's not worth it to them. You're going to jury trial, to be yes, specific. Yes, jury trial. Which is going to be the third, I believe, the third jury trial for any liberty, mm-hmm. any person that I know of, at least, within the liberty movement up here in New Hampshire within yeah. the last five years or so that I've been here. And we've seen them all happen within this year. Like all three of them have yeah. happened in the first portion of 2011. So people are starting to go the jury trial route. And, you know, knowing your stuff in the courtroom can can make a little bit of a difference. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231 is our phone number. You can take control of the airwaves. Let's talk to Michael listening to WEGP in Canada uh, from across Hi, the border in uh, Presque Isle. Hello there. 
Hi, I, I, I really enjoyed the last conversation before the break uh, about, uh, I guess it was God. Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. Supreme Being. And I heard some interesting comments about heaven and hell and how it seems to me that we are very tepid or hesitant or often angry at uh, seeing hell as a, a potential uh, place of rest for people who, uh, I guess, do not... Uh, follow the Christian worldview, and I just guess I wonder, from your perspective, how you arrive at that at that understanding that you know what I'm not going to believe in hell because wh- you know what types of reasons and why. Well, why should I? Well, I guess my my point is, well, I guess I would come at that from the point of view as well. There is hell on earth. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, well, if I there totally is, believe that. <laughs> I mean, right, right, right. And so, and so, my question to you then would be, if we are eternally as long as time exists, as long as we're in this reality, if we're actually going to make an effort to squelch and to, de- to eliminate hell on earth, why would we not hope that in eternity that hell would not exist as well? And if it did, it would be the complete absence of whatever eternal uh, belonging we, we, we enter into. Wait, why would and, we? Oh, can you repeat that question yeah, one more time? Confused. Sure. My question is, you know, I guess I need to preface it, and that's why I'm doing this, because we take an effort, we make an extreme effort to eliminate evil on this earth, or whatever you want to call it, bad or good. And if we do it in time, and we believe that we should do it for eternity while we exist here, if there's any hope in, in the afterlife, why would we not hope that that hell would be absent in other words, that, that it would not be a part of eternity, yet it would be a place for people who do not who belong in that eternity. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, well, I think your first step is to convince me there's an afterlife. Well, sure, but I guess, I guess what I was assuming when I heard you was that you do believe in some sort of afterlife. Uh, no. <laughs> well, okay. okay. So maybe we're two different people yeah, here on, on I, this show. I don't disbelieve in an afterlife. I don't believe in one. I just... Yeah. I like the idea that... That I, I know. I like the idea, right? How can we know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that consciousness spans a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that, uh, you know, we've all kind of been here before, but in different uh, consciousness. I wish I could remember forms. it, but. Well, maybe it's, it's better that you can't remember it. I mean, think <laughs> about it from this perspective. There are certain things that I have encountered in my life that I would rather forget. I mean, I don't regret doing yeah. anything. But yeah. there, are, there are certain ideas that pop into my head that I don't want to think about anymore that True. are there because of society. Or they're there because of popular culture. They're, they're, they're essentially poisonous ideas mm-hmm. that, uh, that my mind keeps throwing at me. And so if you had like three or four lifetimes of those ideas, True. can you imagine how annoying that might be? Trying well, to, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, I guess what I'm trying to say I, is I still, that, But hold on. I still yeah. don't really understand your question. Yeah. It's a little kind of roundabout for me. And so can yeah. you try one more time to, uh, to, sure. to make it clear what is it you're saying about the idea of hell in an afterlife and well well see my pers- let me tell you where i'm coming from my perspective is that absolute good is ab- in other words in order in order to have absolute good there must be the absence of evil right and so what i'm trying to say is that hell is not necessarily you know to say that hell is something that we should not believe in it's almost like for me it's like saying that we should not believe in in the absolute form of righteousness or justice why would i want to believe in the idea of eternal punishment for individual people for souls if you want to use that term because perhaps those people are so selfish that they believe in selfishness in an eternal fashion in other words I don't no matter what, what you yeah. 
Well, what I'm trying to say is that no matter what you do, no matter how much you put these people away for life, they will always, for example, I can, perhaps Charles Manson would be an example of this, they will always for eternity, as they exist in this earth, desire a selfishness, a evil that you can do nothing but get rid of for eternity. Do you see what I'm saying? I have to say I don't. Yeah, I really no. have no idea what, what it is you're saying. Uh, look, I don't have any uh, – I'm not interested in punishing people. And thanks for the call tonight. I, I understand Charles Manson, you know, he's being punished now. He's, yeah. in, he's in jail and hopefully he'll never get out. Um, but I don't have any interest that in seeing – That could just seeing... be a chemical deficiency within his physical body. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, if there's something else about – you know, I don't know what his consciousness is. I don't know. And I'm not going to claim that his consciousness will continue after his body mm-hmm. uh, is done. But if it did, I wouldn't – I don't think anybody deserves eternal torment. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit PorcupineRealtor.com. That's PorcupineRealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include news updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can sign up for our emailed updates there. Uh, plus, we've got Twitter and Facebook as well, and you can go and do that again over at news.freetalklive.com. Plus, coming up tonight... Your chance to win another uh, Veggie Tales DVD. We've got another Ooh. Twas the Night Before Easter DVD to give away. So all of those of you who are parents, you probably already know about the Veggie Tales, and if you don't know about them, then you probably have never been to a video store. Yeah, I mean, these things are <laughs> ubiquitous. So uh, you can get one later. We'll give you that opportunity. Stay tuned for that chance. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C-A-I. So we kind of got off onto a religious discussion, which is fine. Yeah. You know, we can go anywhere. Just, they always seem to happen when I'm here. Really? Yeah. Weird. Last week was a religious one, too, and uh, there's nothing I dislike more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up absolutely anything. So I, I don't mind it. I don't mind the... I mean, we don't really have... We we haven't really had uh, people who aren't thoughtful callers on this yeah. on these topics. You know, they're not, the shouting uh, fundamentalists have not been yeah. calling in, so that's it's kind not of the nice. angry. You're going to hell because you don't yeah. believe in God, people. Not but. to say those folks haven't called in the past, but the the last caller was really. I mean, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a, a religious yeah. theo- that's theology. That's why I dislike it because I'm just so stupid on this subject because I I care about it that little. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I have my my own experience, and that's what I I like to pull yeah. from. And I have my experience in religion as well. And so, yeah, I have uh, one of those. And... For what it's worth, I, I do have some level of experience at it. 
and but no more than anybody else, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just a talk show host. So when the guy was on earlier talking about hell and the universe and you know that I, I found it very confusing. Maybe you understood it better than uh, I did. Not really. In which case, uh, you you the listener, but I know you didn't. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> maybe you the listener understood it better, and you can maybe try to focus on it. But maybe what he was saying was that. You know, in the absence, like we can't, we can't truly reach perfection here in reality because mm-hmm. it's just impossible just to do the nature of reality, do the d- dualistic nature, and that, uh, that in order to have, you know, true perfection and and good, that you'd have to have true evil or something like that yeah. in the absence of reality, and. I, maybe that's his, that's his belief system. I don't happen to share that particular yeah. belief system. I like the belief systems more positive. And again, there's no evidence for this, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, the belief system that is more positive that suggests that outside of reality, there's nothing but love. That's that's all there is out there outside of reality. And that here in reality, we have the duality. We have you know kind of this dichotomy that uh, in order to have cold, you have to have hot. In order to have yeah. you know good, you have to have evil. In order to have light, you have to have dark. I mean, th- those kinds of uh, yin and yang. Those are very, yeah. very present in our world. And so if there is evil, it would seem that it was something that, uh, you know, that we created here. Mm-hmm. And, and we can work towards eliminating it, I, I think. Well, plus, good and bad, evil, good, you know, it's also objective. It is relative to some extent. Because, I mean, my version of hell, I'd be eating chocolate cake for dinner every day. Because really? I hate chocolate cake. And <laughs> I'm for sure, somebody. Yeah, that's... that would be heaven. Yeah. And so it's just so objective. Well, that's why I think that um, the one part I did agree with him on is that Essentially, we can have hell on earth, and it's oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's in your own mind mm-hmm. uh, whether that uh, whether that exists to a, to a great extent as far as what your experience is, how you interpret your experience, and uh, and also the extern uh, the kind of the externalization of our belief systems. Mm-hmm. You know, if we believe that war is a solution, then we shouldn't be surprised that we have a world world full of war. Yeah. Uh, if we believe that violence is a solution. To to peace, mm-hmm. then we shouldn't be surprised when it never really pans out. Maybe that's why that DEA lady thought it was such a great you know thing that there were so many dead children because you know she sees that as a positive. Or, so crazy. I don't know. <laughs> it's right. I mean that may be true. Let's talk to Kevin listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Kevin. Hi. Um, I thought the other gentleman was pretty deep, but I want to. I've called before about it, and I wanted to go back to my premise where. Um, I'm Catholic, and religion is, according to existentialists, is a good thing in that it gives you a moral compass that's a really bad thing and that it tries to control you. And this is an example with hell, and it, it just does boggle the mind that there would be a God who would punish you forever. And that's just the way for the Church to control people, because for the most part, people go, oh, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to be good on earth. And, it's, and my father, who was... But that's not... But wait, 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 before you go on... That that may be true. I know that people mm-hmm. say that it's like Pascal's wager or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I know that people approach it from that perspective, but that's not real virtue. That's not the reason to be good. Yeah. And that's the problem with the idea that religion brings people this moral compass is that it's flawed, and in many cases, this moral compass is not very moral. And so to hand these things down from on high and say this is what is true is a way of short circuiting people discovering morality on their own through their own choices and decisions in their own lives. Yeah. Plus, at one point, wasn't the church just selling it, like selling salvation? Sure. If you were kind of bad, you could I mean, buy your salvation. Look at Scientology. By... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead well, that's things. we're all sheep and lambs, and that's what they that's that they want us to follow. I'm not the flock. The flock follow the church. Just do your thing. Go to go to work in school. Give us your ten percent, and 
life is good. We'll tell you how to how to be good people, and that's and most people fall under that category, and that's fine. They don't want to get too deep in anything. But my the reason Christianity took off in Rome is because that the Christians took care of people in hospitals and uh, gave women a huge role in the society. And my father, back in 1939, when his mother and father were raising alcoholics, went into an orphanage, uh, his little sister was the poor, and he vowed from that time on he would raise his children Catholic, and he, he gave the church thousands of dollars over the years, and he was eternally grateful. And you see all these Catholic uh, churches, and it, for that point, it's a great thing, but yes, it's hard. I went to a church in Barrington, Illinois, and because I didn't donate $2 million, I couldn't sit in the middle rows. I had to sit over on the side with people who only gave 100000 Do you also get really special spots in heaven? <laughs> that really hit home. And yes, you can be Adolf Hitler, but 10 seconds before you die, if you have a priest forgive you, then all your sins are forgiven. Mm. So that, it is a crazy, crazy religion. And then a lot of just with Easter coming up, we celebrate Christ. Uh, rising, but also we're looking at Easter bunnies and other pagan symbols. That, that, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, the, the, the Christians and, and totally borrowed from paganism in order to create both yeah. Easster and yeah. uh, Christmas. Well, I've yeah, heard it that it's all astrology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Charlemagne, when he came in, when he brought the French uh, dynasty into the church, they wanted him so bad it didn't matter. Okay, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll change the mass around, we'll put the paganistic rituals in just for you, Charlemagne, so you'll join the Catholic Church. So it's always been about corruption. And, and then in 12th century, when the Pope kicked all the women out of the church and, and the kids, they all had, the priests had kids, and they kicked them to the curb. Mm. And then that's when Lutheran put his doc, he hung his doctrine on the wall and said, you know, we're not going to put up with this anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, you can cite, and I agree with you, you can cite example after example of the church, the various churches doing horrible things uh, mm-hmm. to, to people. And this is one of the problems with the idea that, that I, I don't think, you suggested that the idea that religion is good is because it imposes morality on people yeah. and it gives them this moral compass. But it's it's really problematic, actually, from that perspective. And thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. If I could equate me. it to something in the government, it'd be like stop signs everywhere. Because, you know, you follow the stop sign, the government's there. You just trust that everybody else follows the stop sign. Mm-hmm. You think that that's the right thing to do. If you run through it, then you just pay to get it to go away. But when it comes down to it, it's not teaching you morality. No, you're not, not doing teaching, it for the right reasons. Yeah, you're, you're just stopping and then you trust it too much. So when people don't follow those things, that's when accidents happen. Sure. Instead of paying attention on your own. Yeah, in the case of uh, religion handing down morality, if somebody believes it's true that the Pope, what the Pope says is what God says, yeah. then that leaves them open to manipulation. It leaves them mm-hmm. open to, you know, coming to the conclusion that uh, the violence is possibly acceptable in some ways. Yeah. And you need to come to these conclusions about morality on your own through your own life experience. Otherwise, you haven't really made any moral choices. They could be wrong. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you would like. Dial in toll-free 
and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we bring you the features there for free. If you enjoy this program, though, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Become an amplifier today for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations across the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board with the show as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks, too, while you're at it. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum and podcast and more. Get the details. Get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or Visa MasterCard right on our site at amp.freetalklive.com. That's AMP, as in advertise, market, and promote. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Of course, you can bring up whatever you'd like, 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Justin in Maryland. Oh, excuse me, Justin dropped off the line. Apologies there. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to James in Texas. James, you're on Free Talk Live with the Inn and Meg. Hey guys. Hey James, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I, I I was listening to the discussion, and it is very interesting on heaven and hell and the existence of God. And uh, I I will say that I believe in God, but I do not believe in his representatives. Hmm. Or those that claim to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, that that makes uh, total sense. I mean, the idea that some yeah. man uh, would believably claim to have a greater connection to whatever God is, if there is a God, mm-hmm. uh, is is pretty preposterous, right Sounds on its like face. He's selling something yeah, or insane. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, no, because I, I, I equate every person who claims to have a Bible or a book. To an old party game. Now, I, I don't. I don't know if you guys did this. I, I'm not that much older than you. Uh, where 12 or 13 kids would sit in a circle, and one kid would start it by whispering in the ear of the kid next to him. Telephone. Telephone. Yeah, and then you pass it on. It was pass telephone. It on. Is that the name? Yeah, okay. telephone. Yeah, and no. then you pass it on around the circle until it gets back to the original person, and then they say, "Well, it was originally this, but by the time it reached me, it yeah. sounded like this, and the it's completely Simpsons different." Thing is, yeah, that, we would always say pump. Uh, purple monkey dishwasher at the end of anything, mm-hmm. just to add that on the end. Yeah, and that's that's what I think it is. It has become, uh, yeah. you know. And by the way, just so you know, someone mentioned about buying your way out of sin in the Catholic Church. There was a term for that. It was called plenary indulgence. Hmm. And yeah, they would sell a, indulgences. Uh, big, so. It was a uh, it was a sin tax, and it was not too far from what they're calling carbon credits. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bigger the sin, the bigger the tax. You pay it, write a big enough check, you can kill someone, basically, and still get into heaven. Yep, pretty uh, much. With the logic. Um, I'd actually called originally about what was, for the change, actually a really good police encounter in Houston, oh, Texas, for a change. Yeah. Because I'm in the Montrose area where that whole incident with the Chinese uh, consulate happened a few months ago. I don't know what that where was. You may or may not have heard a cop uh, police officer followed a consulate official into the consulate garage. That's foreign soil, by the way. Mm. And uh, assaulted the man because he didn't pull over when the officer was uh, flashing his little, uh, oh his little fancy lights. Oh, yeah, that'll get and, him very uh, angry. It makes the police very angry when you don't uh, pull over. Uh, I was more enraged by Anise Parker full, pretty much bending. I hate to say this. I know what this. I don't want it to be sound sexual, but bending over and, and going for the police union with them on this. They're saying that a guy was on the right, and I'll never vote for that, that woman again ever for anything. I'll vote for her opponent just for just for just to get her out of office. So give us your positive experience. Way. Yeah. Well, here's my positive experience. Same neighborhood, by the way, this is taking place. Mm-hmm. Montrose area. In fact, a couple of blocks from that embassy. 
I was driving a uh, car that was a loaner from my mechanic. We had tricky, tricky like electrical issue, couldn't fix it, and he was kind enough to give me a real piece of crap loaner, but it got me to work, so fine by me. Sure. Uh, they pulled me over, and they're telling me to keep my hands on the wheel and to stay in the car. Well, I hand them my ID. And uh, the officer, the large, the one of the two officers, a, one was a shorter woman, one was a tall white guy, and he's telling me, uh, where did you get this vehicle? And I said, it's a loaner for my mechanic, and he kind of chuckles, and he goes back, and they go back to their computer and run a few more things. And basically, I figure, oh, crap, what did I do? And he's going, okay, listen, it's obviously you don't know the person that owned this car. And by this time, I've got my phone out. I'm calling my mechanic. I'm bitching, out. I'm bitching him out about this thing. And he's going, is that the guy that owned the car? I go, no, it's my mechanic. You want to talk to him? And he goes, no. And he goes, listen, uh, it's obvious you don't know the former owner of this car. He, this is his name. Gives me the name. Says he's wanted for four felonies, two of them violent. Hmm. Oh, boy. And he goes, listen, uh, you're not in trouble. Get rid of this car. Wow. Get rid of this car now. You are going to get pulled over again. Yeah. You're going to have to explain yourself again. And you might even be arrested because they think you will know this person. Wow. Or yeah. or possibly, it's a good advice on his part because that's why, like you were saying, they wanted your hands. They wanted you to show your yeah. hands because they thought you were that guy. And you deal if you deal with some police officer who's even more of a hothead, you know, somebody who's itching to pull the trigger, one of those guys, you know, then who knows? You may not even walk away from the next encounter. Yeah, his hand, he and his partner's hands were on their guns when they got out. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Where this guy is? Uh, he must have done something pretty serious for them to be that upset. But uh, he did mention they wanted this person very, very badly. I hope your uh, car repair guy gave you a discount for all this. Uh, well, I can't complain about it because he wasn't charging me labor on something that he had tried to fix twice before, and he was gotcha. nice enough to get me to loan it to begin with. I don't know if that's not. Maybe he was trying to get out of, you know, having to fix your car by giving you the Uh, stolen loaner so you get taken to jail. Hey, thanks for the story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And and thanks for the call, James. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, Let's go to Michael in Virginia listening to WTAR. Michael, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, First of all, I'd just like to say... uh, uh, I I can uh, relate to the gentleman with the car trouble there. I think everybody has that sooner or later, and uh, it's it's a rough thing. It can be a rough thing, that is. You mean having car trouble or being pulled over by the cops who think you're a violent felon? <sighs> well, uh, uh, the car trouble thing actually is... But the, the other yeah, part I think I re- that's a common experience. Most people are aware that I don't that's have a it. <laughs> bad thing. Uh, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, um, I had a... Uh, thought about the first gentleman that was the atheist that was talking uh, you were talking about religious things and uh, he uh, I just wanted to comment uh, you know he was talking about uh, you guys were talking about hell and stuff and 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 I think a lot of people think that or they're they're hoping that there's not a hell and the gentleman sounded a little bit nervous and uh uh, probably like me because I'm talking to millions of people probably right oh, now. Oh, no, no, there's not that many people listening. Don't worry about it. It's just Meg and I. No one else just is out me. there. Okay, well, yeah. uh, 
I had another comment about the uh, doing good. You guys were talking about doing good would get you to heaven, maybe, or something like nope, that. No, nope, no, that's not. No, no, we don't. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, at least on this program, the two of us believe in the idea of heaven or hell yeah. necessarily. I mean, I, I think that heaven or hell can exist right now here for you in your lifetime. But yeah. the idea that there's some place uh, to which that you will be judged, uh, that you will, you know, go to one or the other. I think that is uh, that is an idea that was created by man for the yeah. purpose of controlling man. I'm open to it, but I have yet to see proof of it. So, yeah. Well, I, I just thought I'd, I'd throw in the, the kind of a Christian perspective on that, because uh, from what I believe as a Christian, you know, Jesus dying on the cross. Well, I went to Christian school my whole life, so I'm, I'm very well aware. So, what, okay. so go ahead with your, you, yeah, what you're ahead. saying. Well, um, you know, I, I just believe what he did, you know, we all have that sin nature, if anybody gets into the Bible, it says that we all had, we were born with that sin nature. Adam had, and Eve, you know, sinned in the garden, and then we got kicked out because of that, you know, we disobeyed the Lord. And uh, I believe that he sent his son Jesus to atone for our sin nature, and by belief in what he did for us on that cross, uh, sets us free from sin. And you believe and that if, I, and do you believe that if you don't believe in Jesus as your Savior, that you're going to burn for all eternity? I, I do, okay. I do. I hate to say that. What What if you and, believe and in Jesus and you're a horrible person? Will you still go to heaven? If I believe in Jesus and I'm a horrible person, yes, I will. Because uh, well, that makes that's no sense. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's, Doesn't that seem crazy murderer, to you? If I'm Charles Manson, and I, like you guys were talking about before on the show earlier, and I change, if I suddenly come to the realization that that I need him, then I guess I'm off the air. You aren't off the air, but no. we're listening to what you're saying, and it's just it's just crazy talk. I thank you for yeah. the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The idea that Charles Manson, for believing in Jesus at the end of his life, would be rewarded with eternal pleasure in, in heaven, and somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, who's been good their whole lives and has helped people, would burn in eternity, is just so crazy and backwards. 800-259-9231-Hour 3 is next. It's Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of this program. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those. Again, uh, joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. It's again, freetalklive.com, 800-259-9231. We've talked about everything from the DEA's stupidity uh, tonight to the the world religions, uh, specifically mm-hmm. Christianity, but the, uh, the uh, just kind of the idea of the... That morality can come from religion. Yeah. And that's the wrong way to approach morality. Morality needs to come from uh, learning life's lessons on its own and making mistakes and making choices about what's right. To just say something blatant like morality comes from religion, that's basically saying anybody without religion is immoral, Mm -hmm. which I find very hard to believe. It's nonsense. Yeah. I've been a religious and I had morality at that time. Mm-hmm. But as, as Mark would likely point out where he here, he's off doing some fireman thing tonight. Uh, but, you know, he would point out that when he was growing up, he was raised in a, a very religious mm-hmm. kind of uh, upbringing. Yeah. And then when he chose to be an atheist at that point, he did throw his moral compass out the window yeah. because it was all so fake and it was seemed, you know, self, yeah. it was seemed imposed upon him. And well, if there is no, if I'm an atheist and there is no hell and there is no heaven, then F it. It doesn't matter what I do. I'll just start committing crimes. Now, that's not to say that all atheists do that. I was an atheist. And I was completely peaceful and very moral in the yeah. whole time that I was an atheist. But things can swing, kind of the pendulum can swing all the way in that other direction if you don't have a real moral compass. Yeah. And if, if all you have is what the religion has taught you as what your supposed beliefs are about morality, then you are are taking a real big risk with uh, with what could happen to you in the yeah. absence of that religion. Just think of it as teenage rebellion, but in religious form. So your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. And then there's the last caller that we had that was just kind of he basically trotted out the standard Christian line. Yeah. That is that, uh, you know, I believe that Jesus was sent here to save us. We're all us. sinners. Right. We're all sinners. He's here to save us from our sins. And, uh, of course, I asked the question, well, does that mean that you believe that hell is where those of us who don't believe that Jesus is our Savior mm-hmm. is uh, that we're going to? And, oh, yes, of course. Well, but Hitler or somebody else who's horrible, have, yeah. if they were to just accept Jesus in the 10 minutes before they die, that they would get to go where all the white fluffy clouds are and everything, there's angels and everything's just great. But, but those of you who've spent your lives in the assistance of others and helping mm-hmm. others and you know living life from a moral perspective, because you didn't believe in this particular story, this particular iteration, this version of events about Jesus, because mm-hmm. you didn't believe that, too bad. Enjoy your fiery brimstone yeah. and torment. I mean, how anybody can look at that and say, well, that makes sense. It just it I, blows my mind. It always reminds me of this cartoon where there's this very uh, villainous character. He's like a henchman or something like that. He's dying. And his last dying breath, he quickly says the Lord's Prayer. And then he's like, yes, made it. And then dies. And that's always what I think of. It's like you could be the most awful person. But if you can get it in there in those last seconds, you're free. Yeah. You're free. You're good. <laughs> yeah, so. that's pretty much the pitch. Yeah. Right? And, and it's just so ludicrous. So how is it how is it that people can't see that? How can they be so blinded to the just the, the inherent contradictions mm-hmm. that are present there and that? It's, I, I don't get it. I, yeah. I don't think I ever will get it. It's just it's nothing more than crazy indoctrination that, that that that's the only explanation for it is that people have been told this from the beginning of whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whenever they started going to church, they've been told this story. They believed it because they were surrounded with other people who believed it. And 
when the questions came up, maybe if, presuming they did, maybe they just never even questioned it. But if the questions came up, they were just brushed aside. Oh, shh. You don't need to ask those questions. Jesus loves you. Just accept him and, and believe yeah. and, and everything is going to be fine. Which, I mean, it's kind of the same way with government. I mean, people just sort of, I mean, I was raised in a Christian family and until I was at least, you know, in my teens, I just thought it was part of the way that life is. You know, grass is green, sky is blue, God is there, mm-hmm. government's here. You know, it's just part of life. But once you start questioning it, like... You know, the grass can still be green, the sky can still be blue, but maybe we don't really need government. and Maybe God isn't quite real. Or, or isn't quite know. what they say yeah. it is. Let's go to Bill, listening in Indy to WXNT. Bill, you're on with Ian and Meg on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, um, I want you to tell me, am I agnostic or am I an atheist? All right, tell me. I, I don't really believe in the traditional Jesus, um, God type of thing, although I do believe that there's a supreme being somewhere out there in the world, or the universe, I should say. I believe that there is extraterrestrial life um, in other galaxies. I don't believe that they come here. I don't think we've ever been visited, at least not in the last couple thousand years, maybe, you know, 50,000 years ago. But I don't believe in UFOs, you know, coming around. Everything can be explained one way or the other here in the last few centuries, let's say. Okay. Well, I think everything can be explained one way or another, period. We just don't have it. Now, am I agnostic or am I an atheist? I don't know. If you need to ask me more, well, you believe in us. You believe in the idea that there could be something that is supreme to you, a being that could be supreme to you out there. Yes, there's something that's better than me, and there's something that's smarter than me, and there's something more advanced. It might only have one eye in its middle of its forehead. Yeah, I think it just depends on the definition of atheist that we're looking at here. And if we go with the definition we used earlier tonight, then the belief in the the belief in supreme aliens essentially means that you can't be an atheist. Mm Um, but I don't know if there are atheists out there that would say that, well, those aren't gods, and so therefore I'm still an atheist who believes in aliens. So I guess it just depends on the definition of supreme being. You know, mm-hmm. to, to one atheist it may mean one thing, but it seems that the definition of supreme being doesn't include omniscience necessarily. It doesn't include all-powerful or omniscient beings. I mean, clearly that would be a supreme being, but uh, you can be supreme simply by surpassing uh, mankind. So... I guess, you know, how do you feel about the idea of an omniscient being, uh, being separate from everything else? What does that mean, omniscient? What do you mean? Omniscient, something that knows everything, something that... Uh, Sees you know, everything, yeah. knows everything. Oh, I don't think that's, that's, that would be physically possible. There's so much to know. I don't well, think... physical doesn't apply. Yeah. What is physical doesn't apply to the concept of God, right? Oh, you got me there. That's, that's beyond my abilities to reason. I haven't thought of that. That's too quick on... Well, the atheist wouldn't believe in such a thing. The atheist wouldn't believe that there there would be some sort of external, uh, supreme, like omniscient kind of being mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I, I think a- I think atheists might quibble over the definition of supreme being as to whether or not you can be an atheist and believe in aliens. And maybe that's a good question: Is are you a, an alien believing atheist? Do you believe that that that's possible, or do you have to believe as an atheist that human beings are it as far as intelligent life uh, mm-hmm. in the entirety of the universe. Well, there can also be aliens that are lower than us. This is true. I, yeah, I mean superior aliens, right? If they found, if they found, uh, scientists found life on, say, Mars, even if it was just a microbe, let's say they would that throw out the whole Jesus and the creational creation. Oh, I'm sure they'd come up with something. Uh, there would be some sort of statement would be issued from the Pope. Catholic Church would say something about life on Mars. In fact, I, I feel like they have addressed the idea of I aliens. I think they said something like 
they were open to the idea of it now mm-hmm. or something because you know there was scientific proof suddenly and so they have to cover their butts right yeah for, for year <laughs> right for i mean for hundreds of years the uh, the catholic church has been uh, covering their butts uh, yeah. by making up new uh, press releases or whatever. It's kind of like signing statements with presidents, I guess. Yeah. So, Bill, anything else you want to share tonight? No, that would be it. But thank you for Thanks taking for the time call, with me. dude. Appreciate Bye-bye. hearing from you. Uh, let's talk to Brad in West Virginia, listening to WVTS. Hello, Brad. Brad in West Virginia, going once. Brad in West Virginia, going twice. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Brad. Oh, go hi. ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> uh, you guys got me now. Yeah, we got gotcha. you. Go ahead. Okay, good. Uh, okay, here are my thoughts on uh, what you guys are talking about. Uh, I do have a, a strong uh, Christian faith, and basically, you know, you can you can debate the uh, specifics, the details. It all comes back. Eventually, you'll get to the point of where did it all come from. Good question, and Brad. We'll come back and talk about it if you want. Hang on. We'll bring you back in a moment at 800-259-9231. I want to make sure we give out this uh, DVD. It is Twas the Night Before Easter. It's the Veggie Tales gang. You know mm-hmm. them if you're parents. Uh, go ahead and get on the phones now. Call our special contest line at 603-435-1105. We'll give it to caller number 2. 603-435-1105. If you call in now at that number, you could win a VeggieTales DVD. Someone will win that DVD. It was the night before Easter from VeggieTales. 603-435-1105. More coming. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. Talk live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. We have got various different things on that site, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. At the top, you'll get the the latest uh, seven days, and then you click into the archive section, and that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. It's all free over at freetalklive.com. Now, on Free Talk Live, we've talked about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. And it seems to me like that's a pretty good strategy. I'm not a professional investor. You know, this yeah. isn't investing advice. Uh, but then again, whose advice is better than anyone else's advice? Um, gold and silver historically, from my understanding, have done a very good job of kind of keeping up in value to the inflation of a government fiat currency. And for me, that's how I choose to take some of my extra money that I that I have in savings. You know, once I get to a certain point, I say to myself, all right, well, it's time to take some of that money out and put it into something else. It's time to turn those Federal Reserve notes into something that could hold value. Yeah. And uh, gold and silver have done a pretty good job of that. So I'm a fan. I like silver better than gold because, well, I can't afford thousands of dollars yeah. to buy gold with. So uh, silver makes it a little more doable. And, of course, I've seen the price of silver quadruple in yeah. the last decade. 
just in the past year, it's almost doubled. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, it's never it's never too late to get on board and get yourself some gold or silver. You can do that over at silver.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to make it easy to buy uh, silver and gold, to, to keep the choices simple so you're not, not overwhelmed with all the different options out there. And, of course, Midas Resources is actually the company that owns our our, our syndicate, the uh, the company that helps us get on radio stations around the country. So when you buy through silver.freetalklive.com, you're actually helping Free Talk Live uh, directly because we had a small, small cut of the uh, the percentage of the sale and uh, also helping the, the essentially the company that helps syndicate this program. So you get the silver and the gold that you're looking for at a great price. Go ahead, shop around, make sure, and you'll also help Free Talk Live too. So good deals. Go to silver.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As uh, we continue here, Brad is still with us, I believe, in West Virginia, listening to WVTS. Brad, I uh, wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out, so go ahead. Uh, well, uh, I'll preface all this by saying I'm glad you guys are talking about uh, theology in whatever form you guys are talking about it, because I think it's, uh, it's kind of the uh, universal language. Everybody has these questions. Everybody thinks about it. Um, I believe strongly that there is a God. I believe strongly in the, uh, I guess, traditional um, Judeo-Christian um, uh, version of history. Um, and uh, what I wanted to bring up, and I, what I'm eager to hear you respond to, is uh, when uh, what I was saying uh, was every conversation you have about this, every conversation about theology ultimately boils down to uh, what uh, uh, Darwinists would call the Big Bang, to uh, what creationists call, uh, you know, the first seven days. But no one really knows, and that's what Christianity is all about, that's what really any theology is all about, faith. And so, I mean, it all boils down to that. No one has an answer. There is no science that can answer these questions 100%. Uh, What's your response to that? I agree. I'd say I agree with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there's there is no real firm answer on how the universe was created. There's some interesting ideas out mm-hmm. there about the universe, but uh, from our perspective, as uh, you know, the little ants here on Earth, there's very little I think that we could really come to gra- come to grasp about things that are universal in that way. And so, if if we're putting that little faith in our own knowledge, then how can we say that yes, there is no higher being, there is no God? But how can you say you it's make, that God? As opposed to... Any other. Well, how about multiple gods? Or how about, uh, like, I, you know, I have a panentheistic belief system, which does not hold that there is a God that's separate from anything, that everything is essentially just an extension of, uh, if you want to use the term God. Mm-hmm. All that is, is is essentially God. So there's different, you know, different interpretations of of how the universe is created out there. But you're right. A lot of it does have to do with faith. Yeah. And and so, um, my upbringing the the uh, and again uh, this does come back to upbringing. So it comes back to what I was taught, what I what my parents explained to me, what everything that I was shown as a, as a child growing up. Um, and you believed and, it, uh, right? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what are the the odds you were you know they were right versus wrong? I mean, what are the odds that the people that are if, – if do you believe it's true that there's only one truth about, uh, about God, for lack of a better term? I think there's a universal truth about everything. Okay. So you, do you believe that uh, as a Christian that the people who weren't 
raised in Christian families, as you had apparently the good fortune to be, uh, people that you know, say were born in the woods in Africa and they never encountered the uh, the Christian message. Mowgli. <laughs> believe that they are going to hell. Well, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because the, the Bible, uh, in, in ways, and I, I can't quote uh, accurately enough to delve into it, but it does talk about that. So uh, my belief system is that, no, if, if you're talking about the most uh, distant, untouched parts of the planet uh, uh, away from Israel, then no, those people are not going to hell. If you have been explained to, uh, if, if you have heard the story of Christ and you have not accepted it, then yes, you are going to hell. And now, does, now that doesn't sure. make the, the inconsistency there seems pretty blatant to yeah. me. So you're willing to give a pass to somebody who hasn't ever heard the story about Jesus, but for anyone you, who has been pitched to, to anybody who has heard the sales pitch and has looked at it, considered it, and said, "Yeah, that's a bunch of crap." Like we yeah. were talking about before, how if the, you've heard it, rejected it then, yes, you are cut off from God for eternity. It's so, do you understand how, how unloving that is? Like, your God's kind of a no. jerk, man. You don't see how that is unloving. I mean, if, if you want to make the claim, and the Christians make this claim, yeah. I know, I went to church, I was a Presbyterian for a long time, uh, the Christians make the claim that God is all-loving. That just does not jibe, dude. Yeah. If you are all loving, you are all loving. You do things from a position of love for your creation. If if we are created in God's image, then you do things as this all loving God for your creation. You do not punish eternally aspect, your creation. That's the forgiveness aspect. If you accept God's forgiveness, then you are forgiven for all eternity. If you look at that forgiveness and say, "No, I can do it on my own," and reject God, then yes, you were cut off. From that's God. not the, Wait a minute. That's, that's not, not fair. What if I got a really bad sales pitch? What if some guy came up and started hitting me with a Bible and said, "Believe in God or die." Believe in God or die. Like I don't want to go with that guy. But wait a minute. That doesn't. You, you've even changed the pitch. Yes. The pitch is supposed to be not about forgiveness, but the pitch is supposed to be about, accept, about accepting Jesus as your Savior, right? I mean, which is what's what's the pitch here? <laughs> um, okay, I'm at your doorstep. Uh, <laughs> uh, the pitch is that uh, I don't remember John three sixteen exactly. Essentially, he got to love the world that he gave his only son to. You're the best. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're the best, Meg. <laughs> Looking out for me. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, it's I'm like sorry. I can rattle off the Bible verses. I know them. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you went to Christian private school, right? Yeah. Uh, so it just doesn't. It's not a persuasive pitch. It's a crazy pitch. And how anybody is supposed to, you know, put their faith in that? It's yeah. so backwards. He's not a loving God. What you're talking about? It's free talk live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Hey. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. Uh, so, uh, speaking of those features, there's our bulletin board system there. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we continue, uh, we'll take your phone calls about anything you'd like. Let's talk to Dee, listening in North Carolina. Dee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, Dee. Can you hear me? Good to have you. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I'm real passionate about the subject you guys are talking about. Okay. Um, I grew up in a, quote, Christian home, fundamentalist uh, Christian home, and went to Christian school, and went to church three times a week and actually went out and proselytized or evangelized, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, I was totally saturated with it. And, you know, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to do the right thing. But, I, you know, as a child growing up, I was tormented with the idea of hell. I would actually go to church on Wednesday night and do what they call getting saved almost every week because they would preach about hell. And, and I would be up at 3 o'clock in the morning crying in my oh, bedroom geez. because I wasn't sure that I was sure that I was sure. Oh, man. Accepted Jesus as my Savior. I mean, this loving God, you know, this whole con- – and I'll just tell you what's happened is I have been set free. And I have found the loving God. He's in my heart, and he has nothing to do with the God that they're talking about. There you go, dude. And you know what, man? I can prove it with their own Bible. Really? I can prove it with their own Bible because it says God is love. And it also says in another passage that love never fails. And in my opinion, if the, if the majority of humanity perishes and burns forever, then that's called failure. Yeah. And God is all-knowing, and he knows the end from the beginning. So just knowing that lets you know that he created it, if it's like they say, he created it with the foreknowledge that that's what would happen. And there's no way that could happen. Yeah, that's a, um, that is a great point. Yeah. One of the, I know you got other callers. Well, hold on a second, D. That, that point's a really good point, and it deserves further uh, bearing out. The, yeah. the idea of free will versus uh, the God that is omniscient. Because right. on one hand, you're told that, well, you've got free will. You get to choose whether you, you know, yes. you're this or that. And God will punish you if you don't choose the right thing. But if God's really omniscient, he already then, knows. Right. Then there well, is yeah, no free going will. Going back to Jesus, he, he, over and over and over, he said, fear not, fear not, fear not. And that whole religious system that we're discussing that I was raised with is based on fear. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's how you get to control people, yeah. which is why... The- I think uh, the phrase is fear is the heart of love or something like that. I know there's a fear-based love that comes and, out and, of Christianity. Well, and here's which I the think other thing. Sick. I actually spent years studying the Scripture to find out for myself. I had to get away from the church, away from the influence of other people, and find out for myself what I believed and what I didn't believe. And, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll, I'll give you something here to watch for when you're talking to people. This will really help. When you're dealing with these people that, like two or three callers ago, the guy was explaining it to you. He was kind of timid about it. And when you ask him, so do you believe that people that don't accept Jesus are going to burn in hell forever? And he said, I'm a, I hate to say it. But, I, but yes, I'm afraid so. Mm-hmm. At least you he know, was honest. Just the fact that he said, I hate to say it, he is embarrassed. Yeah. 
or his God. Because let, let me tell you, these people do not even really believe what they say they believe. That's the problem. They don't really believe in eternal hell. Because their mind, their subconscious mind, will not let them really believe that and at the same time believe in a loving God. How could they? And, so, and, and I can prove they don't believe it because they go to church, they preach hell, they have a, a little service, a uh, chance for people to come forward, and then they go out to eat and have a big time, and all the people around them are going to hell. How could you enjoy yourself? Yeah. For one minute. Great points, man. You nailed could you it. You go tonight. to the beach. How could you? <laughs> these preachers are on these vacations and flying around these jets, and the whole world's going to hell, man. That yeah, that's got to be, be true. It's got to be super depressing. depressing. Yeah. And and if you ask these people that witness to you about that and try to tell you that you're going to hell, ask them one question. Ask them what would they change about that whole plan if they could change one thing about the so-called gospel. What would they change? And oh, I know boy. what it would be. They would want to give people another chance. Now, how could you have more love in your heart for a God, for a humanity than God, God does, does if God is love and the source of love? The love you have for your fellow wow. man comes from God. Mm-hmm. So Outstanding. How could you love? How could I be in heaven forever and ever, knowing that most of my family was in hell, and then actually be heaven? What would be heavenly about that? Wow, man! We should just retain this guy every this time is a the best yeah call. discussion comes up. Just. Think about just it, man. About I, it. I would yeah. like to just walk up and tap God on the shoulder and say, excuse me, I know it's against the rules and I won't tell anybody, but can I go take my cousin's place or my son's place yeah. in hell for just a little while and let him relief? Wow. You know, it's just not true, dude. D, thank not- you, dude. I really appreciate the call and the thoughts. Very insightful. Yeah. Good it's, stuff. It's definitely something to think about. I mean, there's a lot ask, to think about. Yeah, there. you ask those questions and. You know, they always have the side skirt answers or the new answer. It's always different. It, they don't, not one Christian out there knows their own religion because uh, nobody can define it. Nobody can give you answers on that because it's too confusing, Let's too con- stupid. Let's continue with your calls. Danny Ladane is with us, uh, director of Playing Columbine. Uh, Danny, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. I uh, heard you were talking about religion tonight, and so I wanted to call in and share a funny story that I had. Um, being a high school student in Colorado, a very religious community, I, um, I grew up as an atheist in a non-religious home. And so I'm at a school dance. I'm a junior in high school, right? And I'm dancing with this girl. And as we're dancing, it's a slow dance, and we're talking a little bit. And she mentioned something about how she really would like to hang out with me again, and perhaps we could go to another dance like the ones at her church. And I said, oh, that sounds interesting. She says, yeah, what church do you go to? I said, well, I don't really go. I don't, I don't go to a church. And she says, um, you don't go to a church? I said, no, I don't. And then she said, um, well, do you believe, you believe in God, right? I said, no, I, no, I don't. I'm an atheist. And she stopped dancing with me right there. And she looked at me. She looked at me and she said, you can't be an atheist. I said, why not? She said, because you're too nice. Oh. And, and so at that point, I realized that she had grown up with an idea of what it means to be an atheist. Yeah, well, the, you're means, this evil Satanist you know, or something. Drug use and violence and yeah. all, you know, like hedonism, right? You're and a you baby a eater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. How'd that end up, by the way? Did you continue dancing at that point or was it pretty much over? <laughs> Right. I don't think uh, I think that was the the one dance that we shared. And in the years to follow, I would come to realize that um, the prospects for dating religious women is not so good if you're if you're non-religious. In fact, 
Yeah. One one uh, poll shows that parents view atheists as the least likely candidate that they would like their religious children to marry. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a popular alternative, uh, largely for the reason your other guests have mentioned, in terms of viewing morality as coming from Scripture or coming from religion. Yeah, your morality comes from within, right? Based on your own experiences and choices? I would, I would say so. I would say if the only reason that you aren't murdering me is because a book written of thousands of years ago is telling you not to, I would say you're a bad person, and I'm a little bit frightened yeah. to be around you, because there are better reasons uh, to treat one another kindly. Yeah. Thank you, Danny, for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you, and thanks for the story. Have a good night. Yep, uh, and he's right. I mean, certainly within the, the world of Christianity, atheists are painted as pretty much right next to Satanists. Yeah. Like, you know, you might as well just be a Satan-worshipping evildoer if you're yeah. an atheist. If you're an atheist, you must have some club that you go to, like, once a week where you slaughter something. And, <laughs> I mean, that's what these people equated to, so... <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. If you are on the line, stick with us. We will get to uh, do our best to get you in here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up shortly here. Uh, You can comment on religion or bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. and That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Once again, that number, 800-259-9231. The remaining moments coming up shortly. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything in the remaining moments, but if you're not already on hold, then I'm not going to give you the number because the lines are loaded. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Meg. Website, freetalklive.com. You can join us there, grab archives, and interact with our listeners in various different ways. But the main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to submit to the site, you can do that. Submit it as show prep, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike what you've put in there. You get to vote on things, too. The most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. It's a vote that actually counts. You can go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. As we continue here, taking your phone calls about what you want, Melissa's listening to WTAR in uh, West Virginia, or excuse me, not West Virginia, in Virginia, uh, in the Norfolk area. Hello, Melissa. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to say, um, I want to make some comments about what you guys were talking about, um, Christianity. Sure. I'm a Christian, and first of all, that verse you were saying, um, with fear and love, that verse is, perfect love casts out fear. And I think that Christianity is misinterpreted, and um, a lot of people represent it like, that. you know, they... It's about control. We want to control things, and I think that some churches and some Christians um, who get the wrong idea, it's because of these misinterpretations. I would tend um, to agree with you. I think yeah. Christianity is heavily misinterpreted. I think that a lot of the, the people that call themselves Christian absolutely have no idea um, what Christianity is really about. From my understanding, uh, the idea of being a Christian is one who emulates Christ, not yeah. one who believes that Christ was their savior or whatever, but one who does their best to follow Christ's example of 
say, turning the other cheek and loving uh, their enemy. And if you look at the uh, tr- tremendous amount of Christ- so-called Christians out there who do things like support the government or support the wa- wars uh, around the world. That's, or those uh, anti-gay people who do the... Hate towards others. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the idea that uh, you know these people believe they're Christian, they've clearly been sold the... Uh, false false yeah. uh, bag of goods i know satanists who are nicer than those so, people it's so sad i mean it really is sad because yes being a good christian is acting you know following jesus's example but um what people don't understand is the gift of salvation is free it's it's free it's not about god trying to control us it's not about um fear it's about you know receiving a free gift of forgiveness and um, I think that that is just so misunderstood. It's about, um, it's not about God trying to, you know, say, oh, if you don't accept me, you're, you're going to hell. No, but no. it is about man yeah. trying to control man with that particular uh, statement, with that belief system. And thank you, Melissa, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. It is about yeah. uh, man who wants to control his fellow man into giving him money into giving him land and uh, and essentially that's what the religion was essentially formed for was to give people control over others yeah, and it's obedience. a really right it's a really powerful story if you can get people to believe this scary story and and get them to sign on to this fear-based religion then you know you've got them yeah it's just the same as being afraid of like you know doing something wrong and your parents punishing you for it you know only on a bigger scale Let's continue with your calls and talk to John, listening in Tennessee to XM's America's Talk. Hello, John. Yes, sir. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I know you kind of moved on, but I've kind of got a way to tie both topics together. All right. Because I just had a long conversation with my stepson last night. Uh, My wife has two herniated vertebrae in her neck. She's been in two car wrecks. And when I first met her, she was very much hooked on the pain pills. They had her on pain pills and muscle relaxers. It was a daily thing. And I was like, you know, okay, baby, try this. A couple puffs of this. See how you like it. And now she's pretty much completely off her pain pills, except for the absolutely worst days. Wow. She smoked a half a bowl in the morning, half a bowl by an hour before bedtime. She's good for the day. She can get up. She can move around, do things with the kids. The pain isn't crippling her. I don't have to watch her getting up in the middle of the night, sit up in bed crying. It's, but we're in a non medical state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my stepson, he has, she's Catholic, and her twins were raised up very, very religious. He's he's 18, and he was questioning the morality of it. And I was like, okay, which is... The, wait, the morality of using medical marijuana? Or just yeah. marijuana that isn't donated, like, or, uh, yeah, labeled well, medical in that it, state. Honestly, it gets used both ways. Okay. But right. my intent introduced her to it was medical, but she enjoys it also. Sure. I used to say you can't, you know... Enjoy your. Anyway, so his, so he's questioning so I, the morality I, 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 of. I ask him, well, what which is less moral? Something that was grown, God put on this earth, it was grown by someone who cared and took pride in what they're doing, or something that was mixed together in a laboratory. Well, that's not. Then, that, I mean, that's an interesting question, but there's nothing immoral about something made in a laboratory necessarily. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the right, real. I think the real relevant question to be asked there is about, uh, if you're looking at morality and cannabis use, the question is, is it immoral to break bad laws? Well, see, I made the case that it's a matter of moderation. Because uh, first he said, well, okay, what's against the law? And I said, well, whose laws? Mm-hmm. The laws of man, there are a lot of places where it's against the law to be a Christian. 
Yeah, there you go. Is you it know, immoral in that case who, to be a Christian? Who, who, who's lost? He said, well, then he, then he brought up the Bible, and I said, well, show it to me. He said, well, if you got, Jesus said drunks are full. I said, yeah, but Jesus also drank wine. It's a, it's a matter <laughs> yeah. of moderation. There you go. It's a matter of moderation. Plus, Gluttony I've, is a sin. I've heard some people claim that Jesus smoked weed. <laughs> I don't know, but I do know the it's Bible. It's been around a long time. All, yeah. <laughs> All the plants and animals put on this earth were for man's use. Right. Did God make a mistake with marijuana? Yeah. Whoops. Sorry about that. It's it's a case of moderation, just like with with strong drink and sex. The same act of love that a husband and wife commit, a serial rapist can do. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you tonight, uh, John. Let's talk also to Andy uh, listening in Virginia. Oh, wait. Andy's gone. Let's try the creature calling from Georgia listening to to America's Talk, XM 158. Hello there. Good, good. I I called in originally to make a comment about the pot. I heard you talking about Jesus and Christianity. I just want to say Jesus saved my life. Just by, just by calling on his name saved my life. And I was an atheist, and I just whispered his name. I went, Jesus Christ. And, I mean, everybody was, I was at this party, and all these people was going to do something real bad to me. And I called upon Jesus, and they all walked away. They all walked in different directions. Oh, direction. I was going to say, did he it sail like in with a, a cape and start <laughs> punching everybody? That'd be awesome. Thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the, the number here. To try to sneak you in. Let's uh, go to, I believe we've got Aaron listening in Ohio. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Yeah, um, I'm new to this whole liberty thing, and um, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, What's the difference between a liberal and a libertarian? Depends on – it depends. (laughs) Like, Meg, you used to consider yourself a liberal. Oh, I was a major liberal, which liberal basically means that you use the government when you think that it's helping people, and so you think you're morally superior because everybody who wants to, like, get rid of the government obviously wants, you know, people to – they're just die. greedy. Yeah, they just want to keep their money and they don't want to help out the poor. And so um, liberal, I just basically defined as uh, somebody who uses the government for what they think are good purposes. But the problem is in the means. In, in that the means. In order, to, yeah. uh, in order to achieve good ends, you can't use evil means. Yeah. The evil means being the government being a coercive apparatus. And then and, I found out that the ends turned out not to be that great anyway. So Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> but then again, if you go back in time to the term, you look at the term liberal over decades and decades, yeah. it has changed. It's like, different, it's like different in different parts of the world. There's oh, yeah. oh yeah, it was different in yeah. this. It was different in this country a hundred years ago. Probably this building. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, used to be I've that a liberal thought... was more of a libertarian kind of uh, person. Yeah. So, but libertarian yeah, to me I've... seems more Republican side. Almost these days, now. yeah, the, the term libertarian has changed just in the last thirty years yeah. as well, which is why I don't use that term anymore. Sorry, go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's what I thought. I've always thought like libertarians and liberals are kind of the same. The only difference they care about liberty and freedom. Liberals want to do it through the government. Libertarians, like me, we want to do it without the government. We want to get rid of the government or limit them. I yeah. Well, I mean, see, this I'm is sure why I'm, I stopped using definitions. Right? It, yeah, it's hard <laughs> to use these terms. I'm sure if we had a liberal on, they would say they care about freedom, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, they're supporting things like war. So clearly, you know, you don't get to say on one hand and then actually act on another and have those contradict. Well, I I think that's a bit of an extreme step. They would say that they're helping people like, 
you know, giving the homeless uh, welfare or something like that, but they forget that, oh, I got to steal that money from somebody to give it to that person. <laughs> well, they don't necessarily forget it, but they have a, a little story they've told themselves yeah. about how it's not stealing it. because it's not stealing when we do it because we're the government or that, uh, well, it's necessary. And yeah. so therefore it's For not the stealing. the greater good. Yeah. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, pretty much. I mean, basically, uh, that's kind of what I thought. I just wanted to know what your, what your thoughts are, because I'm trying to learn about this. I'm kind of new to this libertarian thing, and I just started listening to you guys a few weeks ago on your podcast. So, Well, thanks, and, just, and welcome aboard. Oh, yeah. Don't hesitate to call us back in the future. If you've got anything else you want to bring up, uh, we'd be happy to talk to you about it. And you know, the term libertarian, as you mentioned, it's kind of been tainted with Deluded. this conservatism, yeah. which is icky uh, to me. And, and heck, I come from the conservative world. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll come back tomorrow night and talk more, and you can bring up anything you want at that time. Thanks, Meg. Yeah, See thank you, you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. I prefer volunteer. And now it's time for Letty's Easter Countdown, the part of the radio show where Letty comes out and counts down. It's five days to Easter. Foxes in your yard at Pentecost is a sure sign of unfound eggs. This has been Letty's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Doolittle as Cassie. Helping one another. Veggie Tales was the night before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD.